KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to this song the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode, we'll hear from some of the members of the Canadian band, The Strombellas. The Strombellas, they play folk music, but then like, maybe it's rock music, maybe it's pop, like, they play acoustic guitars, and there's a fiddle in the band, but there's also, like, synths and Although they have a main singer and songwriter, his name is Simon Ward, and you'll hear from him soon, like everyone in the band sings, and they often do this big group sing. And like when you listen to their music and you watch them live, it makes you want to get in on that group sing too. Strombellas released their record Hope about a year ago, and it's done really well. In fact, because of that record, they've had an exceptionally good 2017. Their song Spirit won a Juno Award for Single of the Year, and they won a bunch of Canadian Radio Awards and Canadian Independent Music Awards. But I got to talk to them last year because last year in October, they came to play the Austin City Limits Music Festival. Now, KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, is in Austin, Texas. And for the first two weekends in October every year, we have this gigantic festival that takes over Zilker Park. And Strombellas came, and I had a chance to sit down with Simon Ward and guitarist John Hembry and drummer Jeremy Drury backstage in the KUTX tent. And if you've heard this podcast before, you'll know that, like, I love love, love hearing from multiple members of bands. And these interviews, they just confirmed that love. So here they are, Simon, John, and Jeremy from the Strombellas. I have a song and the album that that song is on. Uh Um, And the reason why I'm using this one is because it's sort of the birth of the Strombellas. I was... In my early 20s, kind of a strange time in my life, just got back from college, kind of, you know, I was a big hip-hop guy in high school, and that kind of faded away in college, so I didn't, I wasn't listening to anything in, in particular, and I was kind of in a, a music, a time where I didn't know what I loved musically. I got a recommendation to listen to a song by an artist named Ryan Adams, and the song was called Easy Plateau. Let's take a ride to the Easy Plateau, the cold on put it on when I was jogging and it totally switched something in my brain and not but a day after that is when I started writing country music and if you listen to a lot of the early Strombella stuff it's extremely more country and bluegrass than kind of what we're doing now Um, but we still have that in us and so 
that album and that song in particular was the uh, the starting off point for my journey into uh, alt country music. For me, it's like the number one alt country record ever made. So when I say like it's alt country perfection, that's what I mean. He made country music into something that I can relate to at that point in my life. You know, I love the classics too. I love Johnny Cash. I love old country music. It's amazing. But for me, this particular one, it just spawned in my brain. And I remember the, I remember it. It spawned in my brain and I said, wait a second. I can write country music like this? And so I knew that if I went and tried it, I could add my own spin to it. Uh, which hence became the Strombellas. And it's really funny, the Strombellas is just like a, a phase of the writing was just a phase of, of my life. Like before that, I didn't know how to write country, I wouldn't write country, so that album just kind of turned into an eight year band. So you were writing music before though. Were you writing hip hop at the time? Or were you writing stuff at that time? I started writing when I was a very young age. I wrote a, a birthday song for my dad. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Happy birthday, dad. I hope my haircuts haven't made you mad. I don't think you're old, except for that piece of mold under your beard. Oh my gosh. That was the first song I ever wrote. <laughs> I bet your dad was so pleased. I think he was. He was pretty excited about it. So you've been writing music since you were eight years old. So Absolutely. writing was not a new thing for you. What, what were you writing around the time that you heard that Ryan Adams music? Sad, depressing rock. Uh, songs spinning in spirals of my own phantomous idol. And, and, you know, why am I here? Normality. It was very sad, dark pop music. Well, and... Were you in a sad, dark time? Very much so. Well, I, and it strikes me that Ryan Adams is very sad and very dark. Yeah, maybe that's what I've, I've always, my favorite artists are always the ones that kill themselves before 30. So I don't understand, but that's <laughs> what I am relate to in terms of the music. So, um, but he's definitely was a dark guy for sure. Did you, did you, what did you think of his country music before then? I had his country music? Or no, just country music oh, in general. Like what I, was your opinion of it? I think I was kind of the same as, you know, me and my friends, we all knew of it, but we didn't listen to it. For us, it wasn't necessarily a cool thing to listen to at that time. We were all about hip-hop music, and, uh, you know, I, I knew of the, the country greats, but I didn't get into that stuff until, you know, my late 20s, until I really started getting into the, the, the classic country songs. So you start writing country songs. Yeah. And, like, how did it feel? feel for you to get into this new genre was it a relief was oh. it like i am i can do this thing it was extremely extremely like a big breath of fresh air i was just like rolling in the first week i wrote eight or ten songs because i was just having so much fun playing with this new genre that i just learned about and the very first country song i wrote is actually on our first ep and it's called indiana and it's about shannon hoon and that was the very first country song that i ever uh tried writing well, New Orleans, rest assured, I've been there once before. Well, ain't no last few days in Indiana. Well, 
San Francisco broke my heart Left alone in a troubled part Ain't no last few days in Indiana and Yeah, it was such a breath of fresh air to, to write songs in G, C, and D and stick to three chords and keep it really simple. Yeah, I think that the simplicity of it really attracted me. I'm a really terrible musician. If anybody asked me what I am, I'd be like, I'm not a musician because I only know three chords. So the country music really helped for that. Well, isn't it isn't it the case so often? I think with like um, writers versus players, like writers know how to write, but they don't always get into the theory, and players know all the theory, but don't necessarily know how to like make something appear from nothing. Unless you get like the, the Paul McCartney, who's a genius on both ends. Well, there are guy, there are all kinds of different guys. Yeah, yeah but I am. Um, I feel like I hear that a lot where the writer is like, but I don't know that many chords and I use a capo, but it's... My brain can't register how good a musician is when they play music. Huh? I can't, like when I see like a, a lead guitarist playing all these fancy notes and doing all these things, I can't, my brain can't process. I'm like, how do you do that? I don't understand how you move your fingers like that, how you know where to go on the fretboard. I just, I can't process it in my brain. It's a very uh, interesting art to me. Do you... Do you then see the people who can do that? Do you see them like they have a little bit of magic? Yeah, they have a lot of magic that I can't seem to attain. I've been trying to learn how to play the guitar for 20 years, and I still don't know anything about the guitar. And you guys like are a band. You write as a band, is what I've read. It's like you come in with ideas, and then everyone has like input. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that is that a nice balance for you to like be able to do that to get people to like here? This is my thing, but here put your magic on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a rush to send out a new song to the band because I have like this thing, like if I don't get any emails back, it means that I probably won't <laughs> bring it to the jam room. But if I get, you know, two people excited about it, it's a maybe. But if I get six people excited about it, it's like a bit of a rush. It's like taking a gamble, you know? So mine isn't a song, it's a record. Okay. And it's smashed by The Offspring. My sister was listening to like alternative kind of like punker kind of stuff and then I she sold me the CD for five dollars offering smash I basically didn't know anything about it and I put it on and it starts with that really cool hey it's time to relax uh, it's time to relax you know what that means a glass of wine your favorite easy chair and of course this compact disc playing on your home stereo so go on and indulge yourself. That's right. Kick off your shoes. Put your feet up. Lean back and just enjoy the melodies. After all, music soothes even the savage beast. And then it kicks right into like a really fast kind of distorted guitar sound. putting on being like I'm I've done everything wrong so far I need to start playing this type of music when I was growing up I like listened to like mostly like like country like Garth Brooks country kind of stuff and I basically got into it uh, literally probably started taking guitar lessons like not long after and uh, it really just started me into music that was like kind of the first hearing that record really made me want to play in a band hey, 
separated. So how old were you when you heard that? I think I was like 16 or something. And I mean, were you were you playing any music before then? Like, were you in band? Were no. you doing anything? Nothing. Literally nothing. No, no. Really? Yeah. So, but you did listen to country music, but that didn't like make you want to make the leap into like actually being a musician? No, I, I don't know why country music never got me, uh, never like to kind of drove me into trying it. Do you think you could describe like what it was about that? I think it was like, A, it was fast. And it was like pretty aggressive relative to country music. And like it just really spoke to 16 year old me, you know, like uh, the angsty part of me, you know, like I think it spoke to me more than than like a Garth Brooks country uh, song about, you know, old love or like you know, whatever, what, any of those topics that he, uh, he covered. kind of funny now because I play in a band that uh, certainly has a lot of country influence and, and, and now I uh, but I, would I say love playing country music but yeah. I mean I think the thing about y'all's band is that even though like the instrumentation is folk I mean there's such like a rock and pop like undertone to the way that you guys do it. It makes sense. Yeah I try to incorporate elements of Offspring Smash in our, in our, in our current sound. I totally do. Yeah, I think like, you know, on stage, like we try to put as much energy into the performance as we can. Like, uh, you know, I like to channel some of that. Like we don't, we like to kind of jump around and make sure everyone's having a good time. Uh, I myself like to push the gain knob on my guitar a fair bit and get like a pretty good rockin' guitar tone. Like, uh, you know, that's uh, that's what I think I contribute um, that I carry from Smash. Are those the first bands you played in, like punk bands? Yeah, yes. Several what was the name bands. of your first punk band? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. It was Middle Finger Response. <laughs> Which is a pretty sweet band name. That's awesome. <laughs> Our other band member who's with us right now actually was in a punk band, and I think it's like honestly the greatest punk band name I've ever heard, and it was called The No Hawks. Oh. And I still think they should keep that to sell it for a lot of money because that's a great name. It did, especially if everyone in the band had a shaved head. Like, Which we didn't. We were all really clean cut and oh, not, well, even better. Yeah, not no mohawks at all. <laughs> we were quite the opposite, actually. I guess it would probably be we're not going to take it. Twisted Sister. Oh, we're not going to take it. Oh, no, we ain't going to take it. Oh, we're not going to take it anymore. Um, because that resulted in my older brother and I getting the album Stay Hungry. And so here I am, I guess seven, eight years old, um, my parents absolutely hating it and me just loving, you know, I, I, it's, you know, classic kid rebelling against his parents kind of thing. From there, it was the song Burn in Hell on that record. You're gonna burn in hell. Oh, burn in hell. 
uh, we would play it at 78 RPM instead of 33, and it was almost, it was like an up-tempo metal, almost punkish song when you play it fast. You're gonna burn in hell! Kind of similar to John, I was into a lot of punk when I was younger, and it probably all started there. Has that been like a running theme in your musical experience, like this, uh, like rebellion? Kind of like if my if the folks don't like it, it's okay with me, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know that's really kind of what excited me about being in bands was just kind of being that oh here's yo know, everybody's supposed to go to school and get a degree and all this stuff and I was just like nah I'm gonna do music you know again just kind of going against the grain. Yeah, and do you you get to bring that like into the Strumbellas? The earlier records very much so. We do a couple. Um, like more up-tempo tunes that, you know, kind of bordering on bluegrass. And uh-huh. I kind of approached them like, well, this isn't bluegrass, this is punk rock without the double kicks kind of thing. So you get a little bit splashy on the cymbals and, and kind of rock out on it. But um, I, I love that. Joining this band, I, I just love that aspect of, of Simon's writing, that it was, there was the quick fun stuff that I was totally like, hey, yeah, I can do this. This is great. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. With the guns still rattles, the guns still rattles. Like, yes, we need more speeding up of tracks in this world. I mean, because hearing Burn in Hell speed up like made me really happy. And guys, we don't have to use record players. We can just use apps. We should do it more. <laughs> Strombellas are about to go out on a North American tour, like a big one, and I will post a link to their tour dates on the show notes page for this episode on the KUTX website. And like, yeah, yes, you see why. I am a fan of the full band interview. I love hearing how all the different influences come together in one place, like Ryan Adams, Sped Up Twisted Sister, and Offspring all come together, and somewhere in there... The Strumbellas are born, right? If you're a fan of the full band interview, then head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or the KUTX website or wherever you listen to your podcasts and check out our archives because we have interviews with members of Blitz and Trapper and Run the Jewels and Spoon and a ton of other bands all talking about the songs that changed their lives. And while you're there looking through our archive, please go ahead, subscribe to this song or like, leave a rating or a review we love those or you could do both like we would be over the moon if you subscribed and left a rating or a review <laughs> like i said i'll post the strombellas tour dates to the show notes page for this episode on the ktx website along with the spotify playlist that has all the songs that we referenced in this episode all the way through or like at least most of the songs because garth brooks It's not on Spotify, y'all, but check it out because really, when you hear a bunch of song clips, sometimes it's nice to hear the full songs. And that's it. We have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. This interview was recorded by Jack Anderson. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. Does a great job. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. 
you should go check out her project, Keep Music Weird. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.